Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. To Border, the best radio show in the state of Wisconsin. Voted on by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. The award-winning Wendy's Big Show. Let's get ready to rock. Let's get ready to go. Get set. Ready. Get up. Hey. Let's get it on. The Wendy's Big Show. This is the Wendy's Big Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, former Badger and Packers running back Gary Ellerson, and the inventor of the Lambeau Leap, Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Wendy's Big Show, served up hot and fresh, live from the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University is now offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. All right, uh, coming up one half hour, Ian Harditz, Pro Football Focus. A little fantasy football discussion, a little bit of a primer, if you will, uh, to get you guys ready. I was talking to Leroy Butler last week. Was it Friday? He already did a draft. It's like you already did a draft. He's like, yeah, we already we already did our draft. I'm like, what? So I was like, okay. Uh, and then our guy Tom Kesnick, uh, who um, does all these big national big money, uh, runs all these big national big money fantasy football leagues, uh, does like drafts out in Vegas and New York and all this other stuff. I mean, he's constantly now posting like every day, every night, uh, new boards going up of different drafts that already occurred. And like, I think. Yesterday, day before, whoever wins this thing's got like a chance at 250 grand or something crazy like that. Um, so I mean that there, there's already drafts going on. Now, for most of us, we aren't gonna do our draft probably until a week or two before the season actually kicks off. But still, anytime you add a rookie class into uh the existing structure of an NFL team, those now become fresh guys that you have to kind of study up on and get ready to figure out where they're going to get drafted. Plus you have a lot of sh- movement uh, of players around the national football league every off season. So that kind of reshuffles the boards as well. So Ian Hart is pro football focus uh, about one half hour. I-, I-, I wanted to do this because mainly because I'm solo uh, Gary and Leroy darn Gary's not into fantasy at all. Uh, Leroy kind of is. So it would have been fun to do it with, with me and Leroy, but figured to do it today. All right. So that's one half hour. So, the deal in Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, right? That that's that's what it, 
Not anymore. It's, it's what it was. What is it now? Acrisure, right? Acrisure, some yeah. Detroit insurance company. Makes sense. Right. Detroit-based advertising in Pittsburgh. Sure. Uh, so Acrisure is going to be the title sponsor of the field in which the Pittsburgh Steelers play. That thing is so out of control currently that former head coach Bill Cower had to come out publicly and try and spin it and calm down Steelers fans. That, that's that's where we're at. That, that's how mad they are in Pittsburgh. Now, we can relate. We've been through this. Miller Park, American Family Field. Am fan. And I remember, as that all was going on, people were irate. I wasn't happy either. I, with all due respect, I, American Family Insurance and, you know, Milwaukee or whatever, I, I, I don't see a tie. I don't. I mean, they very well may be local and all of that stuff, and that's fine, but I, I don't see a tie. You say Miller, you think Milwaukee, period, or at least everybody around here does, right? So I, I didn't necessarily see the local tie. Clearly, there is a local tie with American Family Insurance, and that's great. But an initial thing, you, you don't think. If you went around the country and said, where's Miller Park? I'm guessing nine out of every 10 would have said Milwaukee. If you go around the country and say, where's American Family Field? I'm guessing you'll have answers all over the country as far as where it may be. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way. So I didn't realize how important naming rights really were. And if you are somebody looking to spend sponsorship money, it's much bigger than you actually think it is. Like you, you see the millions of dollars that it gets put as a title sponsor onto a stadium. I, I would say if I was running a company and if you had the disposable uh, money to go spend this much money on advertising on a stadium, if I was going to get in to do this, I would want it as long term of deal as possible. I'd want 10 years, 20 years, 15 years. I'd want a long term deal. I wouldn't want five years. I wouldn't want three years. I think a decade would be the smallest amount I would settle for, but I'd try to make it as long-term a deal as possible. Well, why? Well, numerous reasons. Number one, the very first reason is the longer it's there, the more uh, embedded it's going to get in everybody's mind that that's, you're the title sponsor. And the more tied in you will be to whatever the sport is that you're advertising on. Okay, that, that's the first reason. So then it becomes kind of like Lambeau Field, Fenway Park. Right? People never said, oh, are you going to go to the Brewers game today where the Brewers play? It was always, you can go to Miller Park. You know what Miller Park was. You knew where they were playing and who was playing there and that whole deal, right? By the way, did you see the thing, uh, the concert that was last night, Motley Crue and those guys? I did. The tickets say Miller Park. They do. Because it was pre-COVID um, and it was before the naming rights changed, so that was kind of cool. Um, but either way, so uh, that that's part of the reason why you want it to be a long-term deal. The other part of the reason you want this to be as long a term a deal as possible is to save yourself money because these naming right deals are just going to continue to climb. That's how this is going to work, like everything else. Years ago, when Alex Rodriguez got all that money, we all thought the contracts were going to top out. That would be the highest contract we'd ever see. And we would never go past that. And now you've got basketball players making $50, $60 million a year in order to play the sport. You've got guys like Juan Soto turning down, what, 400 and some odd million dollars over 15 years, and then the justification comes from everybody involved saying, well, it makes sense. It was only like $27 million a year or $29 million a year. That, like, he should have turned it down. He could make way more than that. 
Uh, but then you have other people going, how in the world do you turn down almost a half a billion dollars in order to do that? So as everything continues to increase, naming rights will continue to increase as well. So you want to get in as long a term a deal as possible. Heinz was apparently in the conversation. Like my understanding of Miller is Miller just said, we're out like we don't we're not doing this anymore. We're not spending the money. We're out. Right. And, that, and that's how American family got in. Heinz was in the negotiations, much different. Um, and they were trying to keep their name on the field, but it got too expensive. Acrisure was willing to go to a number that they weren't and they bailed. And they said, no, we can't justify it. We're out. And then the hubbub and the, the turnaround. But think about it. Nobody talks about it really anymore. The only reason we're talking about it right now is because of what happened in Pittsburgh with Heinz Field. Other than that, I haven't heard anybody really complaining about it. Very rarely do I hear anybody call it Miller Park anymore. I hear people call it Am Famine or American Family Field. I can't tell you the last time anybody's really screwed up on on the radio station or somebody I've heard on the radio station um, saying Miller Park versus American Family Field. I think everybody's pretty much in tune with calling it American Family Field. Um, so from that perspective, I think everybody's kind of falling in line and American Family uh, Insurance is getting everything that they wanted out of this deal. Uh, a ton of mentions. Uh, and a ton of love. Think about it. Every time you see a, a TV sportscast and they're at home, you probably get an American Family Field mention or an AmFam mention. Sports Talk Radio. There's a ton of it all over the state of Wisconsin. You're getting all of those mentions as part of that deal. Plus, that doesn't even include you know everything that the Brewers are giving you as part of that deal as well to be the title sponsor. Major League Baseball, second, third, right? Among sports, NFL clearly king. So naming rights for stadiums in the NFL probably are going to go for much more um, than maybe some others. Now, the only difference is obviously they play way fewer games, right? So you don't have as many mentions. I mean, for six months, um, you know, you, you get a ton of mentions on Brewers baseball. For six months, you get a ton of mentions on Fiserv Forum uh, for the Bucks. I remember I hated the name Fiserv Forum. Couldn't stand it. Didn't like it. There's one form. It's in L.A. Like, I'm not it's so unoriginal. Why are we calling it the forum for? It's, it has nothing to do with it. But, I, you know, I call it Pfizer Forum now, just like everybody else. Uh, but I was hot about that. I didn't like Miller not having it. I was hot about that. So I'm guilty as charged. I'm one of the emotional fans who get upset about naming rights. Having said all of that, this is my question. How much do naming rights for stadiums bother you? And would you be mad if and when the Packers sell naming rights for Lambo. So it could be, uh, I don't know, Miller something or other at Lambeau Field, however you wanted to name it, right? And maybe Miller gets on board and sponsors that. Or Harley Davidson gets on board and sponsors it, and it's at Lambeau Field. However you want to come up with it, still have Lambeau in it, but you have a title sponsor out in front of it. Or maybe Lambeau just goes away and it's Harley Davidson Field, uh, where the Green Bay Packers play. You know, maybe that's that. That's how the whole thing goes. So how much do naming rights for stadiums bother you? Because I think a lot of people will say, ah, it doesn't matter. But then when I throw Lambo into it, I think it changes the game for most of you. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll find out. The Van Horn Direct Toll Free Talk Line, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Start your deal today at VanHornAuto.com. Tweet us at Big Show Now. We'll come back at your responses next. Wisconsin wide, the Big Show Radio Network. Say tonight, fight the breakup. Don't come tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be 
it all I say tonight Fight the break up, dawn, come tomorrow Tomorrow I'll be gone There's a log on the fire And it burns like me for you Tomorrow comes with one desire To take me away Wendy's Big Show, served up hot and fresh, live from the Lakeland University Studios. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer, flying solo today. Gary and Leroy at the Golfing in the Packers Hall of Fame golf outing. They'll be back tomorrow. The wait is over. Wendy's Summer Strawberry Chicken Salad is back. And it's the event of the summer, featuring freshly prepared ingredients like a mix of salad greens, grilled chicken, oven-baked crispy applewood smoked bacon, candied almonds, Italian cheese blend, and to top it all off, fresh summer strawberries, all beautifully tossed together and served with a side of sweet champagne vinaigrette, only at Wendy's. Don't miss the fan favor, the summer strawberry chicken salad. Choose wisely and choose Wendy's. Asking you, how much do naming rights for stadiums bother you? And would you be mad if and when the Packers sell naming rights for Lambeau Field? Right? Nice, easy question. Not a big deal one way or the other. Just want to see. Joe tweets at uh, Big Show Network, I would be mad. It's about maintaining your history. Historic Piggly Wiggly Field sounds pretty dumb. Uh, says Joe tweeting at Big Show Network. I wonder how Joe would have felt if he was a Los Angeles sports fan when uh, Crypto.com yeah. bought the rights to the Staples Center. Right. Which sounds like so far that's going, quote, swimmingly. <laughs> this is the thing, though, right? So when they announced that Heinz Field is becoming Acrisure, the Steelers tweeted out, Rhinewood, the Green Bay Press Gazette, frequent uh, guest on the Wendy's Big Show, Quote tweeted it back in July 11, said this will take some getting used to. And I don't even like ketchup. By the way, I don't understand you people that don't like ketchup. I don't. You, you and I, I don't. You and I just have different tastes. I, 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 don't, I don't understand. But either way. So he gets a response from at Wisco underscore nation. Who says, I'll say it and then mute the comments, LOL. But the Packers should let some company pony up $50 million a year for naming rights to Lambo. Business is business. I care more about winning than preserving history. I, I don't understand how this affects the pay- payroll. I mean, maybe I'm missing something and I'd love to get Mark Murphy on and we thought we might have him on, on uh, last Friday when they're on their road trip. But I'd like to really have this explained to me. In fact, it's a good question for Rick Schlesinger the next time we have him on from the Brewers or Peter Fagan from the Bucks. I'd like to know, because I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, I don't think one goes into the other, right? So I don't believe that the naming rights money uh, that American Family Field gives the Brewers, I don't think that that, that all that money goes to Brewers payroll. Because if it does, okay, all right. I think everybody's in, invested like, okay, good. So we're getting, you know, $40 million a year, whatever it is, and that $40 million is going straight to Brewers payroll to increase Brewers payroll to give them a better chance to win. If that was the angle, and if that's what they were actually doing, I think far more people, at least around here, would be like, sweet, great, let's go. Let's get up to $150, $200 million in payroll based off of our naming rights deal. Sell everything, right? Then I think Brewers fans would be ecstatic with that. NFL's a hard cap. So you still need the money for signing bonus money and all of that. I understand that. Um, But I, I would be interested in knowing where that money goes. So like when the Packers have their stock sale, They can't use any of that money on player payroll. Not at all. 
that only could have been used and is being used on stadium improvements. Like they're building an underground parking uh, structure or whatever under the stadium for the players. So before you'd get out in the parking lot, walk through the snow, whatever the case may be, uh, and in. Now they're going to go underground. I'll probably be heated would be my guess. The whole deal. And the fans will never see them get out of the car one way or the other. They'll have no interaction with the fans. Uh, and they won't have to worry about being called. They literally can drive up in shorts and a t-shirt uh, in you know zero degree weather if they want um, and go underneath and get out in a heated garage and you know go to the weight room or wherever they want to go. You were talking about how much a naming rights uh, cash amount would go towards payroll. I was reading an article by Cubs Insider that they wrote after the Brewers changed their stadium name to right. AmFam, and they posed the hypothetical question, how much money from a Wrigley Field naming rights deal would go back to the payroll. They estimated that Wrigley would probably go for about $20 million a year because they were basing it on the city field, right. the city field, and then SunTrust from Atlanta was also a new one. And they said that it would have to be determined by how much of that money goes to revenue sharing. And then from there, you could break it down. Uh, they estimated uh, that about 40% of new revenue for the Cubs at the time was going to their revenue share. So you figure about $20 million a year. That's about $8 million, $9 million that would go to that, leaving you about eleven. And then they said that they spend 50% of revenue on payroll. And they estimated it would be about $8 million. So not a ton, but enough to give you a little more wiggle room. Yeah, it's a player, maybe. And for the Brewers, it's not even going to be that. No. But with revenue sharing, that, I, I again, I need to get more educated on this with, with Rick Schlesinger as far as what does the revenue sharing mean for Milwaukee versus Chicago versus New York and, and that type of deal. There's no way the Brewers are giving up as much money as those teams are because they don't have as much money coming in. So... Uh, but but that to me that would be the thing, right? So yeah, if you could sell Lambeau Field naming rights and have all that money go to player payroll, I think then sure, I think it's very very possible, very very possible. Bonamego just sent me a video um, from Barstool Sports. They are today taking down the ketchup bottles at Heinz Field. Oh, yeah, they're taking them down. I'm watching it happen live. But but see again, if I'm Heinz, I'm ecstatic. Like. I'm cheering in my office because it clearly worked. You have a whole fan base that's up in arms because of a sponsor. Not because they took down a Terry Bradshaw statue or a Chuck Knoll statue or took somebody's name off the stadium. No, 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 not that. They're mad because a sponsor is being taken off of a stadium, which is the exact same thing that happened here with Miller, which again means it was brilliant. Can you can you think about it in 2001 when they did this deal, Heinz did, and you know the stadium was Three Rivers Stadium before, I imagine if we went back in a time capsule or a time machine and listened to Pittsburgh Sports Talk Radio around 2001, everyone's throwing their hands up in the air and could never imagine that two decades later they'd be throwing their hands up in the air again right. over the taking down of ketchup bottles. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely crazy how that whole thing works. So, yeah, I, I'm just, I really am curious. And I, the majority of our responses that we got on Twitter, and we got to get to time out here, but the majority of the uh, Twitter responses is just a bunch of people saying, don't care. Just not a big deal. Sonny Corleone, do not care. Uh, Marquette underscore G, wouldn't care at all. 
I think y'all are going to be in the minority if and when it ever happens. You referenced Mark Joe. Mark my words. If Lambeau Field is no longer Lambeau Field and it's something else, Packer fans are going to be outraged. You referenced Joe saying historic Piggly Wiggly Field doesn't sound right. Frank tweets at Big Show Network. I can't, This has to be just a coincidence. It's the play on no, the field that matters. You know, they can call it Piggly Wiggly Stadium yeah. for all I care. Just win a Super Bowl. It's not a coincidence. He's listening. And then he tweeted what I said on the radio. That's how it works. I think he tweeted this, though, before the Joe's tweet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe Joe responded to his tweet. But you're right. It could be a coincidence that they both use Piggly Wiggly. Why That's a funny you, sounding name. Why I use don't know. Piggly Wiggly for? I, but, but, but again, I mean, if, okay, how about this? <laughs> how about if they use a product uh, that was sponsored by a player as the title rights? So what if it was like Charles Woodson's whiskey that was a title sponsor or his wine, Intercept Wine Stadium? Leapin' Lemonade Field. Right. What what if that was the deal? Then would people be less mad than they would be if they replaced Lambeau? I, I think Packer fans would lose their minds. I, I think it would be absolutely horrible uh, and people would go crazy. I could be wrong. Uh, Ian Harditz, pro football focus. A little fantasy football insight for you. People are already having fantasy football drafts, apparently. I'm certainly not. Uh, but we'll, we'll go over some of these rosters and some of these guys that Ian Harditz likes a lot more. Uh, maybe guys that he liked last year that maybe he doesn't like as much this year. That's coming up next. It is the Wendy's Big Show, served up hot and fresh, live from the Lakeland University studio. You're listening to The Big Show Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Show served up hot and fresh. The Sparky Pfeiffer, Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, golfing in the Packer Hall of Fame golf outing like they do each and every year today. They'll be back tomorrow. Joining us now on the Wendy's Big Show. You hear him during the football season, giving you his fantasy picks week to week. We'll do it again this year as well. Ian Harditz, pro football focus. Follow him on Twitter at iHarditz. Ian, what's going on, man? 
Great day to be great. Great day talking to you in the summer uh, for a change. But yes, happy to be back next fall talking all things, helping uh, m- mostly helping Leroy, but also getting uh, some listener questions in here and there as well. Leroy always has questions. Uh, he already has had a fantasy draft, which I don't understand either. But either way, uh, real quick, before we get into the football stuff, favorite candle currently in, in the house? Favorite candle in the house? Right now, I got, let's see, San Paul's Ocean Mist lit in the room. Nice little three-wick, big one, $18 from your local marshals. Great day to be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ocean Mist. Yep, I've had it and I like it. Yes, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Ian, by the way, if you don't don't know, Ian Ian is a candle expert. Like Adam McKelvey, who covers the Brewers for Brewers.com, is our candy expert. Ian is our candle expert. Same way from Pro Football Focus. Uh, Okay, Ian, so let's let's get into some of, of the players out there. Um, that are are changing uh, venues and changing teams, and whether or not that helps uh, or hurts them as far as fantasy football wise go. Let's start with Russell Wilson, the former Badger, uh, now with the Denver Broncos in the toughest division in football. Uh, what do you make for Russell Wilson fantasy wise, and then for his supporting cast as well? It's a tough division for sure. It's going to be competitive each and every week. But with that, we're going to see a lot of shootouts between these teams. I mean, just Herbert, Carr, Russ, and Mahomes in the same division. And also when you realize that the AFC West is actually being matched up with the NFC West as their main, uh, you know, cross, like uh, all the NFC, AFC divisions have one of those per year. Like this, these are going to be the most high scoring games uh, weekend and week out, those four o'clock uh, West Coast time slots. So definitely think that everyone in the Broncos offense deserves a boost. But the one, the two guys that seem to be getting maybe a little bit too much benefit the doubt are Jerry Judy and also Albert O. I think both guys have flashed enough. And yeah, when you've been catching passes from Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, Joe Flacco over the last couple of years, it's tough to stand out too much. But just with Judy, man, he was a first round pick under John Elway. Since then, they've switched to a new GM, George Patton. And it was actually Patton was the one that extended both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick at the end of last year. Nathaniel Hackett coming from Green Bay. He really does like to run more two tight end, even some two running back stuff from time to time. And I'm just worried that Judy's going to be a bit pigeonholed into the slot. Meanwhile, we got Sutton and Patrick on the outside getting most of those patented Russ Wilson moon balls thrown their way. So Judy's just a little bit expensive for me right now. And then with Alberto, got to wonder if uh, Greg Dulcich, their third round tight end, could turn things into a bit of committee as uh, Packers fans know. And, you know, like Robert Tunyon, the guy scored, what, 11, 12 touchdowns a couple years ago. And even before he got hurt last season, you could barely even crack 50% of the snaps in the game. So really tough when you have these new coaching staffs coming in to just, you know, immediately assume that the running back and tight end rooms in particular are just going to stay the same. Uh, the other day, uh, ESPN does their their survey with the top 50 uh, people from around the NFL, scouts, executives, players, so forth, whatever. Uh, and Devontae Adams was ranked number one at wide receiver. And we asked on Friday, do you think Devontae Adams will still be number one next year when they do this survey all over again? So we did that on Friday. Then over the weekend, I see, I think it was Justin Jefferson that came out and said he plans on being ne- number one next year when this thing comes out uh, again. So uh, kind of running his mouth a little bit about Devontae going to Las Vegas now. Uh, what make you of Devontae Adams and where his draft stock should be right now? 
Right now, I have Devontae as my overall wide receiver seven, and the only reason why he's that low is just kind of based on the continuity and having him to go, and I know he played at Fresno State with Derek Carr, so it's going to be just fine, and Derek Carr is a lot better than people give him credit for, but he's also not the two-time reigning you know, league MVP, so I do think that there is a chance that there's a lot more target competition between Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, and even a slight step down from Carter Rogers. You know, it's just enough for me to rank guys like Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lambs, and even Mike Evans ahead of him. You know, as great as it is talking about guys like Adams and Tyree Kill all throughout the summer and the fun trades that you know took over the media uh, cycle, I do think you know the guys that have more or less just been home, staying quiet, working with their incumbent quarterback are the guys that are better off. But again, wide receiver for seven for Adams, he's got an ADP usually around wide receiver six, so I'm not too far off consensus. What's wild, man, is like you start looking at the top 24 wide receivers as a whole, and I believe it's only 11 or 12 of them actually have the same quarterback that they did last year. So, yeah, we talked about Sutton and Judy before. Like, plenty of guys will benefit from it, but there are some lateral moves that make you wonder. You know, Terry McLaurin going from Taylor Heineke uh, to Carson Wentz, you could actually argue is a pretty decent upgrade. Same thing with Michael Pittman going from Wentz to Matt Ryan. DJ Moore is now dealing with Baker Mayfield. So, this is going to make or break a lot of these guys in that kind of muddled wide receiver two range. And I will say it's a big reason why I've been more willing than ever to really load up at running back in the first few rounds of these fantasy drafts because once you start getting to wide receiver 12 or 13 it's like the next 15 players all have one red flag or another let you know whoever basically followed you given uh, given the draft what about from a running back perspective then well you talk about Devonte adams being with the raiders and i was gonna ask you about waller uh, how that affects him and hunter renfro but i would assume jacobs gets affected by this as well if they're gonna throw the ball more the big thing with Jacobs is Josh McDaniels now running that Raiders offense. And if there's one thing we've learned in fantasy over the years, it's that nobody has any idea what's going on in that New England backfield. And I think, unfortunately, that's what we can now be looking at going on with the Raiders. Jacobs can do it all. Like He reminds me a lot of Antonio Gibson as like a guy that absolutely can play across all three downs. We've seen him do it. He looks good when he catches the ball. But how many times do we have to see them not really give him that role until we accept it? And then looking at what McDaniels immediately did upon coming in, you know, it wasn't the biggest running back moves, but they drafted Zamir White in round four, and they added both Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah. Brandon Bolden would not matter on 30 depth charts around the league, but last year, like, he was the pass down back ahead of Ramondre Stevenson, ahead of Damian Harris, and even Amir Abdullah has helped, you know, work as a pass down back in Carolina, even Minnesota for us uh, spurts of the last few years so unfortunately i think this raiders backfield is going to have three maybe even four guys involved they just declined josh jacobs uh, fifth year option so on the one hand you could say oh it's the last year there maybe it'll give him you know 500 touches and just run him into the ground on the other hand it's like are they really going to run their offense around the guy that they i've already acknowledged is not going to be in their plans next year i tend to lean towards the latter Let's talk about these running backs that you were talking about, talking with Ian Hart. It's Pro Football Focus. He'll join us uh, for another season coming up, talking fantasy football. Follow him on Twitter at iHartitz if you have any questions uh, that you may have uh, now or going into your draft. So who's won then? Is Jonathan Taylor won the former Badger running back at the Colts? Is he won then in your mind? For standard and half point PPR, I'm still going with Taylor, but I have converted to Christian McCaffrey on uh, full PPR. Oh, I was ready. You're to be back on, on the McCaffrey thing again. Didn't we talk about this last year with you and I about McCaffrey yeah, always yeah, getting yeah. hurt? Just let it go, Ian. Let it go. 
I, I'm not going to fade a guy because I just think he's magically going to get hurt. Now, there is a difference between fading a guy because you think they'll get hurt and fading a guy who is already actively hurt. Talking sure. about guys like Jameson Williams, Michael Gallup, coming yeah. back from the ACL. That's different. But McCaffrey is a healthy 25-year-old freak athlete that we've seen have the best fantasy football season ever, and we're going to fade him because he sprained his ankle last year. We, we're playing first or last, like Ricky Bobby said. No one cares about, you know, coming in fourth or fifth in your fantasy league. And the healthy version of Christian McCaffrey is better than any running back we've ever seen with the way they can just pepper him the ball and also just be willing to give him 250 freaking rush attempts. So having Baker Mayfield is sadly going to be the best quarterback that McCaffrey in this Carolina offense has gotten to play with uh, over these last five years. And I say that with all due respect to late career Cam Newton, who just unfortunately wasn't really the same after that. Uh, arm surgery, shoulder surgery following 2018. So having Baker there, I know Baker and Carson Wentz and even Kirk Cousins, they always seem to be caught in these crosshairs, just everyone hating on them. And it's just, you know, these guys are making, I'm, I'm sure they have plenty of dollar bills to wipe those tears away. So I don't want to be uh, acting like, you know, they have too many problems here. But, you know, these quarterbacks that aren't top 12, they probably aren't even top 15, but they're definitely top 20, you know, top 25 at the worst. They just don't seem to get enough respect when they do kind of travel to these other uh, teams. I mean, the amount of people that unironically are trying to say that Jacoby Brissett's better than Baker Mayfield, I mean, come on. So I do think there is higher touchdown potential now for McCaffrey there. And yeah, Taylor has not Ryan his own right. But look, we were playing full PPR fantasy football. And if you ask Frank Reich himself, the Colts head coach, he's even saying that he, sh- he wants to draft Naeem Hines in fantasy football because they're going to keep him on the field on pass downs. McCaffrey never has to leave. It's a numbers game. And if he stays healthy, big if, but if he does, no one's going to have more numbers than CMC. What about running backs uh, that, you know, had good years last year, but like you talked about, have a quarterback switch and in a questionable quarterback switch like Pittsburgh with Najee Harris, who is a stud, no question, but are they going to load up in the box and dare him to throw to begin the season? I think the Najee point is fair, but we also saw last year, I mean, the big issue everyone's worried about was, oh, look at that offensive line and Ben's cooked and both those things really came to fruition and it didn't matter because when you get the ball 300 plus times in a year, it's just pretty much impossible to bust no matter how bad the offense is. And honestly, like Najee himself, he broke a lot of tackles, but just wasn't a very explosive player. Uh, Showed a lot more in the passing game, I think, uh, than he did as a rusher. And again, the offensive environment was terrible, but it didn't matter. He was still an upside RB1 because of that sweet, sweet volume because they still have the same play caller, Matt Canada coming back. I know the quarterback's different. Maybe we don't quite get the same, you know, never-ending dose of uh, checkdowns, but at the same time, there's just nobody else in Pittsburgh to even really spell him. I mean, at this point, it looks like Benny Snell would probably be the handcuff. I mean, it's just sad. They didn't even re-sign Kalen Balazs, who I thought probably had the most three-down ability. One thing I will bring up, though, is just kind of everyone involved in Cleveland. You know, we still don't know exactly if or for how long Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. But with these running backs, as things stand right now, Nick Chubb, unfortunately, and I believe Nick Chubb is arguably the single best running back in the league, but he's two injuries away, not one, he's two injuries away from getting a featured three-down role. Like last year, with Kareem Hunt in, Nick Chubb averaged 17.5 carries and targets per game. Without Kareem Hunt, 
he averaged 17.6 because they actually have a number three RB in Dearness Johnson, who they trust to put on the field in passing situations over Nick Chubb. I really wish they wouldn't, but you know, it's not about what I'm wishing. It's about trying to figure out what these teams are going to do. So I actually think that uh, Chubb, you know, prioritizing guys like James Connors, like Cam Akers, just have, again, a much better opportunity of getting that workload is going to be the move. Your yards per carry is one of the most overrated stats in fantasy football. The more you can kind of fade, just, you know, I don't want to say fade the really good real life players. Ideally, we can have guys that are fantastic real life talents with the big workloads. But man, chase that volume as much as possible at the running back position. So that then means Aaron Jones is lower on your draft board than probably he is as far as real life running back goes because of A.J. Dillon uh, and the amount of carries he takes away from Jones, even though they continue to say they're going to run the ball probably more this year uh, with the offense that they have going in without Devontae Adams. That's the one, Green Bay, so you'd be right in almost 99% of other situations, but I think when you look at the Packers' offense, it's like, okay, who's the number one playmaker? Darren Jones. Who's the number two playmaker? Probably A.J. Dillon. Yep. I mean, with all due respect to Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, like, I think they're just going to really feature these two running backs, and unlike Nick Chubb and arguably Kareem Hunt as well in Cleveland, like if Jones or Dillon go down, now the other guy that is left standing is immediately going to be like a legit top five, top six running back in all of fantasy. So in Jones's case, he's such a special receiver. I mean, uh, you guys have seen over the years, just they use him on wheel routes. They had that game against the Chiefs without Devontae Adams a couple years ago where he was actually just getting extended run lined up out wide and he had like 150 yards or something bonkers so Jones is special enough as a receiver that we've actually seen in the sample size it's about eight games without Devontae Adams Jones has really been stepping up and working as the de facto number one so I really think he's actually good enough to handle that sort of Alvin Kamara level receiving upside where you know like Austin Eckler last year like these are guys that aren't necessarily expected to have that many more than 200 carries which you know the Packers haven't really gone out of their way to give Jones throughout his his career. The difference is we haven't seen Jones get a chance to flirt with those 80 to 100 targets like I think he could be on pace for this year. So in standard half PPR leagues, you know, Jones is someone that you can probably slide down behind Joe Mixon, maybe behind Javante Williams, but I have him RB9 right now. He's basically my second highest uh, price, uh, my second highest ranked running back behind only Austin Eckler that like doesn't have that full three down role. And in AJ Dillon's case, again, we're looking at the probable top two focal points of the Packers offense. So when I look at A.J. Dillon's workload, like I don't see him having too much of a problem surpassing 200 carries, and he can catch the ball too. I mean, that was a big concern coming out of Boston College just because he hadn't done it. But last season alone, Dillon and Aaron Jones actually each had four games with at least 40-plus receiving yards. So when I see Dillon versus guys like Elijah Mitchell, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders, Antonio Gibson, and Josh Jacobs, I think Dylan could arguably have a bigger role than them from day one and a probably more explosive high scoring offense. And unlike a lot of those other running backs, he is one injury to Aaron Jones away from again, vaulting to the very top of fantasy. So in this green Bay offense, it's one of those things where we trust Aaron Rodgers, and maybe some of that trust is being misguided with the wide receivers, like Alan Lazard getting his price uh, really up there. I think the answer is just to really get these running backs anytime you can. Ian Harditz, pro football focus. Follow him on Twitter at I Harditz. I got two, more questions for you first one Ezekiel Elliott will he ever be the beast that he was again I will say he looked a lot more like that beast in the first four weeks of last year before he tore his PCL we had this unfortunate players that play through the pain I think the first 
game they do it, we acknowledge it and we maybe give them, give them some slack. But afterwards, we kind of forget about it. It happened with Zeke last year. Cordero Patterson playing through a sprained ankle in the second half of the year. Baker Mayfield tearing his labrum and basically in week two and then Foley in week six continuing to play through the pain. I mean, I do wonder with all these guys, like if Zeke had just stopped playing after week four, similar to when Derrick Henry, uh, you know, hurt his foot. He just didn't play the second half of the year. DeAndre Swift missed all that time. Players that play through the pain don't get the benefit of the doubt the way players do that just, you know, take the time off and they just miss it because we don't actually see them out there struggling. So with that in mind, look, Cowboys still have 90 million reasons to feed this guy the ball. I don't think we're going to see him flirting with the top five overall, um, you know, season that we have seen him put on the table before. But it's just Pollard's really good, and he's going to demand a lot of touches in his own right, and he would be doing that in any backfield around the league. I mean, I, I understand Cowboys fans aren't thrilled about the Zeke contract, but at the end of the day, he's going to probably go down, I would say, no worse than their third-best running back ever behind only Emmitt Smith and Tony Dorsett. So it's one of these things where I, I just hate at running back when these guys get paid a lot of money, which is, like, awesome for them, and, you know, it's just a freaking – rich football owner paying a football player a bunch of money, but we can't talk about running back performance now with someone like Zeke without mentioning how he's overpaid every single time. So I think Zeke is really good. I think Pollard's uh, really good and Zeke right now still my RB 18 and he's cheaper than ever in fantasy drafts, man. That's the other thing we need to remember. Don't hate the player, hate the ADP. So I get it. Like, you don't want to draft Zeke as a t- first round pick anymore. You don't have to. He's there in the fourth round a man. lot of times. So Good if you do God. find yourself, yeah, so if you find yourself getting some of these wide receivers early, you could do worse than, yeah, a slightly washed version of Zeke, but, you know, he's still the lead back in the league's reigning number one ranked yep. scoring offense. I got one minute left. Top three rookies that you like uh, going into fantasy football drafts as of right now before we've seen training camps or preseason? Um, probably peppering the wide receivers. I think Drake London is looking like a value more and more as we get removed from the draft. Falcons, number one wide receiver, very likely number one pass game target. Um, also got to keep him, keep an eye on Jahan Dotson going late. Again, talking about just these weird phenomenons that go on with the rankings. And when we have players get drafted almost ahead of what the mocks say they should have been, we almost penalize them instead right. of being happy that a team values them more so. So Jahan Dotson, 16th overall pick, and the guy's going outside the top 60 wide receivers. I know it's Carson Wentz, but look at all the first-round wide receivers. None of their quarterback situations are that great. Don't be afraid to bet on the 5'11 Penn State talent. Guy can do a lot more than just be stuck in the slot. There he is, Ian Harditz, Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at iHarditz. You'll hear him throughout the football season as well. Ian, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Good talking to you, man. Take it easy. You bet you take care. There is Ian Harditz on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider's hiring drivers right now. For more info, call them 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. That's 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. And she only sleeps when it's raining. And she screams. And her voice is straining. She says, baby. Friday's Big Show, served up hot and fresh, live from the Lakeland University studios. Lakeland University now offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at lakeland.edu. Strawberry Frosty time at Wendy's. Time to enjoy yourself is built in. You're welcome. So rich and creamy, a straw just won't cut in that strawberry taste. Oh, it's so on point. It's so good. Again, it's going to be hot all week. Take some time for yourself. Enjoy a big old strawberry Frosty while you're sitting outside in this heat. 
you're going to be so much happier. So when it's time for Frosty Time, choose wisely and choose Wendy's. Again, limited time only. Uh, going on at Wendy's. All right, coming up next hour, Patrick Ebert, D1Baseball.com. We'll talk about the Brewers draft picks in about one half hour. Trey Meyer, the Kenosha Kingfish mascot that got annihilated by A.J. Dillon, the Packers running back uh, on, what was it, Friday night. We'll talk to him as well at the end of the next hour. But up next, these Brewers under Craig Council have been really bad going into all-star breaks over his career. We'll read you the numbers and ask you why you think it is. That's next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.